Welcome to another installment of the Welcome to the Table podcast. My name is Khalil, and uh, for those of you who are newer to the show, I'm a youth pastor working with middle school and high school students uh, right here in Albany, Oregon. Yeah, and my name is Sean Silveri, and I am the Gen Now pastor of the Oregon Ministry Network of the Assemblies of God. Basically, that means I get to pastor, resource, and disciple youth and children's pastors all across our state, about 180 churches. Yeah, and we are both passionate about just, uh, you know, sharing our life and experience and our understanding of the scriptures to help other people come to know Jesus and walk in faith with him, walking through spiritual disciplines and really uh, this current cultural moment, our, our different cultural climate and all the diversity that makes this world what it is. And uh, today we are talking about the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. And we're really excited to dive into this because our heart is really to help um, all of us walk in spiritual disciplines, right? Right. Yeah. And it's, we do two episodes a month mm-hmm. and we're, we're, uh, kind of starting this new, uh, journey, if you will, and doing one of those episodes as, uh, emphasis on a spiritual discipline or anxious practice. Yeah. And we've been in it for a minute now. So if you're yeah. new to the show, go ahead and scroll on back through and you'll see, um, about every other episode is an introduction to a spiritual discipline yeah. and uh, silence and solitude is a really important uh, spiritual discipline. One that I think in this day and age is getting harder and harder to find and to walk in and to practice. And yeah. our culture is very busy, um, right. very hectic, very haptic. The probably the number one thing I hear people say is, man, I am what Sean? Busy, busy, so busy. So I don't have time. I'm, I'm always on the move. I'm always on the go. There's so many things in my calendar. And so that actually crowds out the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. And silence and solitude is actually, I believe, the antidote to busyness in a lot of ways. But yeah, Sean, what, what would you, how would you unpack what exactly we mean when we're saying silence and solitude? Well, you know, we want to go back to the scriptures. We want to look to the scriptures and see um, where we can find the threads of these ancient practices. And Jesus obviously is the cornerstone and um, the Greek what. Uh, word that's used when Jesus withdraws or um, or or goes off by himself is hypochoreo, and that literally means to move away from a location. It implies a considerable distance to withdraw, to retire, to go off, to go away. So to move away from the crowds. Now the crowds can be in anything, and especially be, yeah. in today's day and age. Um, and so it's literally to go off and then silence is the counterpart of that, uh, of solitude as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so solitude is withdrawing from and silence. I think that's kind of self-explanatory, but really we just mean not saying anything, be, right. be, being still. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's funny that we're talking, I'm talking in a podcast right now and I'm like, let's be silent. <laughs> but uh, really solitude is quite simply just the state of being alone. Uh, the reality, though, is we know that for us as Christians, it's not just being alone, but being alone with God. And um, it's really important for us because God is the source of our life and our strength and our hope. He is the source of our identity. So as much as uh, there are so many voices talking about who we are and who we should be and how we should live, the number one voice that matters is God's. And mm-hmm. so if we are not in solitude and stillness before him, we can actually miss what God wants to say about who we are, why he's placed us here, our purpose, and even his words of truth into our circumstances. Yeah, and it's true. And we 
oftentimes you hear, or I should say, maybe you've heard the statement that Jesus is always speaking. Um, are we listening? And, um, you know, the, the idea of this uh, one-two punch of solitude and silence is that we might tune our ear to what the Spirit is saying. And so uh, it's a beautiful uh, couple of ancient practices. And so that's kind of the how we define it. I would say also I just feel it's really important how Dallas Willard, in his book, uh, The Spirit of the Disciplines, he, he kind of explains it like this. In solitude, we purposefully abstain from interaction with other human beings, denying ourselves companionship and all the, that comes from our conscious interaction with others and says basically closing ourselves away. And then with silence, Dallas Willard says, in silence, we close off our souls from mm. sounds, whether those sounds be noise, music, or words. And uh, I think those are some good um, practical definitions. But Man, that's really interesting to hear, too, because, Sean, as I think about it, like a lot of times today, the modern modern person doesn't enjoy silence. Right. Um, I mean, if we're, we're in the car, we've got music playing. Um, if we're at home and we're not doing anything, maybe we just turn on a TV show to be in the background. Like there's always something kind of happening, something playing, some noise right now. I mean, I would imagine maybe someone's in a silent place just because they're listening to this. But if you listen around you, there's oftentimes noise. This honestly, as much as important as this episode is, might even be some noise that someone just turned on to have something playing. True. So True. Um, there is some the really good biblical precedents for this. Um, a couple of my favorite scriptures, Habakkuk 2.20 says, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. In Zephaniah 1.7, the scripture says, Be silent before the Lord God. And in Zechariah 2.13, it says, Be silent all flesh before the Lord. And I, I hope that people would notice this isn't just silence just to be silent, but it's actually silence before God. It's in his presence. It's a worshipful silence. And so the yeah. idea here is we know, like with the spiritual discipline of prayer, that there are times to speak to God, but there are also times to simply be still and be silent before him. Yeah, and the silence is on our part so we can loudly hear the still small voice of creator God. Um, Kenneth Boa really talks about it in his book. I don't remember the name of it right now, but uh, he, he really talks about how uh, we remove ourselves, the sol- solitude, uh, from the influence of our peers in society and to find the solace of anonymity. And then silence is its counterpart. He says it prepares the way for inner seclusion and enables us to listen to the quiet voice of the spirit. Mm to the quiet voice of the spirit that it would actually echo really loudly in our ears. So I think we're kind of getting in this, but um, just kind of bullet points. What are we saying? Why is it important or how does this spiritual discipline help us as followers of Jesus? Yeah. And I know we're quoting a lot because we're super excited, I guess. I don't know about this. It's just such a, it's such a great discipline that, um, you know, it doesn't, it might actually get talked a lot about, but, um, I I guess I'll, I'll start the bullet points out with a Richard Foster quote. If we can, he says through the, uh, the discipline of silence, we are learning to place our reputation in God's hands. We no longer need to be sure of sure. Everyone understands us or thinks well of us. We let go of 
even needing to know what they think of us. We are silent. And so one of the reasons why I think it's so important based off of that uh, quote there and, and others as well, John Main, he talks about silence and solitude as important, is that the voice that matters the most is the voice of our creator. Mm-hmm. That is so important because in this world of busyness and hurriedness, you have all kinds of opinions being thrown at you. You have all kinds of comparison, performance-based identity, identity founded and grounded in all kinds of other uh, things, whatever it might be. But really, the only opinion that matters most is that of the one who has fashioned us and knit us together, and that's Creator God, according to the Christian tradition and the Jewish tradition. So uh, that that's a great starting point for the why it's important. That's good. Yeah, and so really simply, I mean, it's hard to do this discipline simply, yeah. or, I mean, because it actually has so many different benefits yeah. for us. So um, that's why it's so important. It helps us in just prayer. It, uh, silence and solitude will help us to meditate on God's word and continue to hide it in our hearts. It also allows us to just simply enjoy the presence of God. You know, right. I, when I was a newer believer and I just experienced the grace of God, I just wanted to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But over time, I have found that I can move to, more towards, I want to be faithful to Jesus. I want to be obedient to Jesus. I want to do stuff for Jesus. And I move into this just doing mentality and being still and silent reminds me that my worth, my value, my identity doesn't come from what I do or what I do for God, but simply from him. And so we actually, right. it repostures us back into enjoying God's presence as we we're meant to in the Garden of Eden. Right. Um, it also helps us, um, just like you said, distance ourselves from all of the distractions that can take place in our world as well. Yeah. Um, I would say another one, and then, you know, maybe you'd add some here, is just in silence and solitude, which is, this is one of the reasons why silence can be uncomfortable, is <laughs> yeah. our heart can come to the surface. Our inner thoughts, our inner feelings, our inner emotions. And yeah. so silence actually allows us to uh, experience the interior of our hearts, <laughs> the yes. good and a lot of the bad. But that gives us an opportunity to bring some things before Jesus that can only happen in silence and solitude. Absolutely. And, you know, um, John Main. He's uh, he's now passed away, but a former uh, World War II British uh, intelligence officer, brilliant man, bright. Ended up going later after the war, and even in, in the even later after that, uh, into a Benedictine monastery. And he said, "We all need to use words, but to use them with power, we all need to be silent." And what it does is it it kind of sharpens us. You know, when, when all of those, when, when we're, ex- you feel a little exposed because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I always feel like I need to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, what it does is it exposure and silence before and solitude before our creator actually sharpens us and creates, it builds intimacy. But so that my words actually hold more weight and more power if we're, if we're careful to speak, if we're careful, like, cause if we're, if we're practicing these disciplines, we're going to be much more careful to of what we say, what our words, we choose them wisely. Yeah, that's good. Actually, Donald Whitney actually talks about that, about how uh, the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude can help us to learn control of our own tongue. Yeah, and he talks, so good. And it's a really good. And he talks about how, you know, when we fast, 
through that discipline, we're actually finding out that a lot of the food that we thought was necessary isn't really that necessary uh, at all in our lives. And so mm-hmm. the same thing is when we are silent for a long time, when we practice this, we find that we don't need to say many of the things that we previously thought were necessary. Um, yeah. Or also we learn to rely on God's control in situations, realizing he doesn't need us and he doesn't need us to speak when we might oftentimes be, have a tendency to overspeak or to say something that we shouldn't. Yeah. And so through this spiritual discipline, um, we actually learn how to just be still, allow God to be God, and in that, even learn that, man, some of the things I say aren't actually helpful, aren't actually necessary. There's a lot of Proverbs about the wisdom of silence, of simply being quiet uh, before others and before God. And through that, one of the things he says that always always stuck out to me, and I totally have found to be true, is he says, the people who practice this spiritual discipline, he says, when they do speak, there's much more of a freshness and a depth to the words that they do. And I've noticed that, you know, oftentimes the last person to speak in a room has some of the most significant things to say. Um, and that is just the practical evidence of that truth. Well, and this is a discipline. I, you know, we get excited about this, but Khalil and I are talkers, (laughs) you know, and I, and I actually, this is a discipline that I struggle with. This is probably besides the discipline of journaling, which at some point we'll probably do, but I, I am, it is very difficult for me. And my thing is, is I like to talk. Mm-hmm. I like to get in the mix with people and, and dialogue and discussion. And oftentimes my words get me into trouble more than mm. my lack of words. Um, and yeah. so uh, this whole idea of why this is, it's important. If anything, if it's the only reason why it's important is that my words are uh, then chosen more cautiously and more poignantly then it's worth it it's yeah. worth the discipline obviously there's way well, it more. definitely helps us love one another better oh, because completely. some of the things that come out of our mouths are not loving and yeah. some simple silence <laughs> and a pause yeah. might have prevented some of the harm that we produce absolutely i'll speak for myself there but i'm sure many people can relate yeah i definitely can um, the last thing I would say about benefits, I mean, they're, they're, this is not an exhaustive list, but right. um, being alone with God is really essential to rest and refreshment. True. Psalm 1, one of my favorite psalms, um, maybe, maybe that's God, why God put it first, uh, <laughs> says we are to be, and it's in verse 3, to be like trees planted by streams of water. Um, that that in, in that psalm, we're told that that tree is is being given life and strength and sustenance and source its leaf does not wither it prospers right um and to be a tree if we are called like that tree being refreshed trees don't do anything they don't move they don't produce they don't do they simply are Mm -hmm. and i really think about the the spiritual discipline of sabbath here um i think that spiritual discipline of sabbath as we talk about, I believe it's episode three, and then we talk about slowing down in two mm-hmm. of our episodes as well, um, basically on hurriedness. I right. think God instituted that for us very intentionally, knowing us, knowing our hearts, knowing our draw, knowing that apart from him, we grow very busy and we become producers. But when we are just still, as yeah. Psalm, what is it, 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. Right. In that moment, when we are still, we allow him to be God. Right. We are no longer producers. We're not the source of our hope or our strength. God is the only one who is and can be. And that's where we're able to experience that his yoke really is easy and his burden really is light. And he really does 
hold us and keep the world in motion. Right. And that's an expression of confidence. Yeah. The person that constantly is talking that doesn't, cannot be quiet or be silent oftentimes is a person that is unconfident and, um, has to, has to have control. And, um, I would say I've been that person. Absolutely. I've been that person. So, um, it demonstrates a trust in creator God when we, when we, when we can demonstrate some silence. And if we do struggle with that trust, which all of us struggle with trust in God at some level, silence and solitude is a great way to discipline our hearts to trust. Right. You know, I, when I'm getting really busy, I start getting a little frantic, a little hectic, a little anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I do it, is I just lay on my back on the ground and it's like, it calms the, <laughs> it yeah, calms the calms storm the around me. Yeah. I just lay on my back and I pray. And it's amazing how my heart starts, starts to slow down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in that moment, it's like, do I trust God enough to slow down? Right. To stop, to trust that he's enough and he's sufficient. So it is a really a great way to train our hearts. Yeah. And I even, I know we're kind of jumping ahead into the practicals, but the, the hiding piece for me, like, I think sometimes it's okay to just hide. And so sometimes in my office, I'll just lay, I'll sit down on the ground and I'll hide. No one can see me in there. And I close my eyes and lean my head back against my desk or whatever. Mm. But that, that just, there's a calming to, to that. And I feel, I feel like Jesus draws near to me. Um, or at least I'm more aware of his nearness, I should say. That's good. Yeah. Anything else you want to say, or should we just jump into scripture or what scripture, like, do we need any more biblical evidence here? I mean, I think, I think the big biblical evidence for silence and solitude is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Matthew chapter 14, Luke chapter five, Luke 22. Um, you've got Mark one, you've got Luke six. Uh, there's so many different places. Um, and then obviously Moses would be another one, um, while uh, he he uh, withdrew from the crowds and went up to the mountain, right. which is a whole nother theological theme and topic and a part of the narrative of scripture. But just there's so much evidence to this withdrawing piece. Well, that's back to what you said, moving away from something, yeah. moving away from distractions. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like a, a um, you know, a forever thing. It, Whitney talks about the volunteerism of that. And, uh, you know, you, you get it. We busyness doesn't mean, or being busy doesn't mean that you're, you're sinning or you're in the wrong or anything like that. We can still be busy people, but still carve out time for withdrawal and silence. Yeah. It can still happen. Whether you're a, a mom, stay at home mom, you're, you're somebody who is in the, working in the corporate world to young adult who's got three jobs and going to school and serving in church. Uh, it doesn't, you know, we can, we can carve out those times where we withdraw. If Jesus did and he had to mm-hmm. do it and, and it made it a priority, yeah. we we've got to do it. Yeah. Jesus, the perfect human yeah. needed to withdraw in silence and solitude before God. And it's, it's a consistent practice in, in Jesus's life. And so he's modeling that discipline for us. Mm-hmm. Um, as we talk about, withdrawing or you know you talked about Moses and the high place that yeah. mountain was represented a space 
of encounter with God. With God. Um, yeah. Yeah. In Exodus 33, 11, one of my favorites, um, Moses and Joshua go to the tent of meeting, which is another meeting place with God. Yes. And when Moses is done talking to God, he withdraws. But then Joshua, it says Joshua would not leave the tent. Yes. Uh, and so Joshua, there was something there. I'm, you, we kind of have to insinuate, but a longing for the presence of God or to talk with God, to be near to God, that he would not leave the tent of meeting. But he he dwelt. He lingered behind. As, yeah. as the world and life continued to move forward, he continued to pause in the presence of God. And that's where you get, if you've heard this before, to the encouragement to tabernacle. Mm. That we would, we would, oh, what's he doing over there? He's tabernacling with Christ right now. Yeah. You know, just that, that meeting space, that place where we encounter him. Yeah. Yeah. And then good. John 15, we're told by Jesus, abide in me and I in you. He says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. That always challenges me because <laughs> I want to just keep going and moving. But in my effort to try to do more, am I forsaking abiding Mm -hmm. with Jesus. And he says, if you don't abide with me, you can't do anything. Why? Because he is our source. We we need him for everything. So just simply withdrawing, pausing, being, being near and being still before God radically transforms our lives. And I would even say, you know, if you're someone who's struggling with anxiety or overwhelm, um, Psalm 4610, that verse, be still and know that I am God. Yeah. One of the greatest ways of fighting anxiety is to allow God to be God and to acknowledge and, and submit through pausing that we are not. Right, right. And if you read the entirety of that psalm, you see that in the midst of raging seas and in the midst of mountains that are moving and crackling and, and all the storm and all the, that life has, uh, that is before us in life, you see at toward the end of it, be still, be still. So it's, um, it's a great Psalm, a linchpin Psalm for silence and solitude. But yeah, no, that's, that's good. Um, thinking about silence and solitude, I think earlier we were saying, you know, you mentioned that there's so many voices, Mm -hmm. but God's voice is the one that matters most. And right. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who's a very famous Christian through right. the years uh, during World War II, um, said, and it's very significant, he said, we begin the day in silence because God should have the first word. And we end the day in silence because God should have the last word. Yeah. And I love that quote because it makes me think about our habit of silence and solitude, both beginning and end of our day, kind of bookends to our day. When we begin the day with God getting to be the only one who speaks, Mm-hmm. It shapes our identity and who we are and what we live for through the course of the day. And yeah. then as we end our day in the presence of God in stillness and solitude, we can bring all that we did before him. We can bring our day and our worries and our anxieties and, and all of life before God. And before we even allow our eyes to close as we go to sleep, we allow God to speak one final word of truth and life and identity into us before our rest. Yeah, it's so good. It's a... Uh, and it does take work. It does take, you know, a lot of times, you know, um, you think of just as you're going to bed, sometimes you're so tired, you don't even want to do anything. What 
you want to sit, you want to sit down in your chair or you lay down in your bed. Mm -hmm. And if you're married, you know, your spouse is, is there and they may want to connect really just for a second. You know, I try to let my wife go to sleep first. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I'll lay in bed, even if it's just 30 seconds. And I know we're not quite, we're, we're getting, we're about to get really practical, but, um, we need to give room, uh, for God to speak. Mm. And when we give room for God to speak to our storms, it changes everything. And so, um, oftentimes it's just, we're not taking the time to stop stop. and to be still and to hear him speak. So I know that's something that you have talked about and I just stole that from from you, but it's beautiful. (laughs) Steal all the way. It's good. I probably stole it from someone else. (laughs) Um, no, it's great too. I, you know, and being that like, I'm not, I'm not married and single, but I've lived having lived with friends and people is um oftentimes I've, I've just gone outside in the yard or gone for a, a walk like i'll go for a late night walk yeah or just find a little bit of distance for me it's always been night i just god and i connect at night very mm-hmm. well um but finding a time or rhythm for many it's early morning um to just withdraw withdraw yeah. and it doesn't withdraw. we don't necessarily need to go far sometimes just on the other side of a door um, yeah, true. is, is enough to be still before God. So, true. um, that's, that's really good. And then we talk a lot of, on this podcast, Sean, about how communal Christian faith is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I was just thinking about silence and solitude. It's definitely a habit we need, but I think you said this to me offline is it's, we can't live there. Right. I don't know if you will, we'll, do you want to say something to that? Yeah. Uh, so solitude and silence are great personal things that you need to volunteer, make sure you go into and make sure you do. But I think it's, it's, it's fun, honestly, to, to have some others do it with you. Now it's kind of like an oxymoron. I'm not saying you all go to the same place in silence and solitude, although you might be in the same building, Mm -hmm. but to go out and then, and then to come back after a certain amount of time and have dialogue and discussion. What did you get out of this time? Um, were there, were there some things that you felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to you? How how are you feeling? What are your what are your thoughts right now? So, uh, to to even do as kind of a, a group exercise, um, and and maybe you're doing this practice over the course of a week or two, and you and you in a small group, a smaller group, come together and share your discoveries. Um, Though those types of things mm-hmm. is very powerful. It kind of takes solitude and silence to the next level because you don't just keep it all to yourself. But what you may have heard in the silence might be for somebody else, mm. um, you know. And maybe there was something that really struck you that you, when you share, it's another individual or friend of yours that says, "Man, that was a word for me," or that Jesus spoke to you. Yeah. But but God uses but God someone utilizes else's life as it well. for somebody else, yeah, as that, well. Yeah, that's good too. And I know you know some people like for us who naturally are kind of verbal processors um, are very extroverted, social, like to talk. Yeah, um, we might have the struggle of not getting into silence and solitude. But then there may be others who um, have a lot of silence and solitude and time before God. But then also knowing that we need to continue to engage in community, that that the Christian yeah. faith is communal. Um, yeah. And like I just think that's a great challenge, too, that some of the words we receive in the silent times might actually be for the benefit of the body and words right. that need to be shared, too. So that's a really good challenge. Yeah. And then I Definitely. thought about when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. um, that was very communal. 
but that he was experiencing silence and solitude with God, but he invites his disciples along right. for the journey. And then it says he withdrew a, a stone's throw away, right. which I tried to imagine that I was outside <laughs> uh, walking down the street and I was like, how far could I throw a stone? You know, and, and is it a light throw? <laughs> is, it a, is it a hard throw? I don't know, but still <laughs> it's within line of sight and it's relatively close. And so right. in that habit, silence and solitude can still be done communally. Or I think about times when I've prayed with other people and we've mm-hmm. come together to pray, but then we've kind of gone off and had okay, some right. space and some stillness. And, but then we've come back together and we've right. shared um, things that God spoke in that time. Yeah, it's good. Gone off into your own corners. What are some other practical ways that we can uh, practice this discipline? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think the heart here really is just to remind ourselves in a lot of ways that through stillness, through silence, through solitude with God, we move ourselves away from our production culture. Yeah, um, big time. I mean, it's it's incessant. And even as someone who I would say I'm pretty rooted in my faith, I, I seek to practice these spiritual disciplines and, and to know God, um, I just get sucked into production as a source of identity. What am I doing? What am I producing? Yeah. How much have I accomplished? And um, just knowing that as we seek to live this out, we are reminding ourselves that that is not our source of identity, but God is. And I think that's really important for us to, to grasp yeah. as we're talking about this discipline. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's very true. And also just um, to re- kind of free people up, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're just like, there's no way. Mm. There's no way. Um, our creator, creator God knows your heart. He's fashioned you. There's grace upon grace and mercy upon mercy. The fact that we're even, if you're even entertaining the idea is a win. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the fact that because, because, uh, I can see it becoming something that is so, it becomes like another thing to do or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but if you are even attempting some of these things, uh, that's, those are, those are a win. Yeah. And I would say, let's start by not trying to do another thing, but to, uh, redeem and reclaim some of the time we do have. So when I ride in the car, I almost never have the stereo on and I I just don't. And I used to always listen to music. And then I, and then I was listening to music that I was like, ah, this isn't helpful. So I started listening to more worship music and stuff that drew me nearer to God. And then I started feeling like I'm always, I still always have noise. So I started turning the stereo off and that has become time where I always get silence and solitude because I always have to drive to work and I always have to drive home. Right. Um, so that's an example of reclaiming some time or, um, yeah. So your commute transportation, um, maybe a lunch break, um, different times where we're already generally doing something, but we could be intentional to reclaim time that we already have Yeah. and just allow it to be time dedicated to, to this discipline. Absolutely. Easy to do. So that goes into this idea of identify your sacred space and time, you know, just be intentional with that. I will say this, there is a great, uh, you version. Well, they're, they're on you version um, devotionals called encountering peace. You can actually do encountering peace.org. Yeah. They have a website. They have a website there that I'm in 50, 60, 70 plus they're three day, maybe four dayers every once in a while. Uh, um, uh, devotional plans that are anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes long. They're great when it comes to meditation as well. But this idea of 
it, it helps us with silence and solitude. They help coach you through it, and they're they're fantastic. Yeah. But so uh, what we want to do is give. We really want this to be helpful, not just ideas, but something really practical for you to do right now. So for the right. note takers, we're going to hit you with six really <laughs> simple yeah. uh, steps that you can start to use to work towards your silence and solitude. Yeah, I jumped the gun on the first one there. Colossal. What is it, Sean? What's, what's number one? It's identify your sacred space and time. <laughs> identify it. You know, be intentional with it. So I'll let you uh, take number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, we just we, we really encourage everyone to begin with a with a modest goal. You know, if yeah. if this is a, a habit that you haven't stepped into or you find it difficult then uh, something I did to get started was I set a timer um, because I knew my mind would wander and then I would think, oh, how long have I been doing this? And I would want to go to something else. So start with five minutes of silence and solid, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. When I yeah. started, I made I set a 15-minute timer on my phone and I slid my phone across the room and I laid on the ground. <laughs> um, or you can lay on your bed or a couch. But I knew, all right, it's just me and God until that timer goes off. And that allowed me to kind of block out everything else and not be worrying about the other things going around. So yeah, modest yeah. goals. And ten in ten minutes, let me tell you, from from somebody like myself, that's a long time. Mm. And so and so yeah, I love that, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Don't yeah, don't go don't don't say I'm gonna do an hour. Yeah. I'm gonna do an hour. Oh man, that'd be rough. Just start you know, out small. Yeah. God loves bite the heart. Yeah. <laughs> but he also knows where we are. <laughs> yeah, bite size, bite size. And then I uh, settled into a comfortable yet alert physical position. That's that's really important. So what yeah. what do you think that means, Khalil? I was actually just about to ask you. Um, oh no. Well, here's what I'll throw it back at you because I'm smart. Uh then I don't have to answer. <laughs> Why, why do you say alert? Why does this need to be alert, alert position? Yeah, because you're in silence and in solitude, you're also listening. Mm. And you want to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is doing and saying. He's always speaking. And so we want to be, we don't want to fall asleep or not off. Now, I will say this. There's been times where I've, I've been in silence and solitude where I have nodded off and fell asleep. And I felt refreshed yeah not, not mad guilty. at myself not guilty not sh- refreshed well, that's so what you needed i needed it right then and there wow you know so that's a good thing too so if you are in a position that is comfortable where you're uh, alert and you fall asleep i think that is actually a beautiful part of sons of solitude but yeah Pe- yeah and peace in the presence of god yeah peace uh, we yep. need more of that so yeah. uh number four uh, it's just simply ask God for a simple prayer that expresses your desire for him or your openness to him. So mm-hmm. um, if you don't know what to pray, asking God always helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, simply find a prayer that you can express, you know, whether it's I, I pray God help me to be just in your presence or at peace before you or uh, would you speak your truth? And, and then I just allow myself to be silent and to listen and be attentive to the words that he might speak. So ask God for a prayer that you can you can use to invite him in. Love that. Number five, close your time in silence uh, with a, a prayer of gratitude mm. for God's presence with you or pray the Lord's Prayer, which is on episode 27 in prayer. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, praying... That's good. Gratitude is always good. And, always nice and gratitude grateful. moves our attention again back from maybe whatever it was around us, whatever distraction back to, to God and his promises and his presence for us. And then yeah. uh, number six, we'd say just resist the urge to judge yourself or your experience of silence and solitude. And 
I think this is really, really important because as we've already said, you might say, oh, I'm not good at that. Or man, that wasn't very long or whatever. Um, Sean, would you unpack that just a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think that the point is, is that our pursuit is to be with, with our, our creator, Mm. to be with King Jesus, you know? And so the heart and motive and posture is that we want, we just want to be near our rabbi. Mm -hmm. And so, um, don't don't uh be too hard on yourself and again i'm gonna go back to number three just to make sure i'm clear on this put yourself in a position to to where you can receive whatever it is that that alert position whatever uh jesus is wanting you to receive if it happens to be a nap don't beat yourself up that's what i was saying there but anyway well and like you said trust that trust that whatever happens in this time of silence and solitude um God was in control of that, and that was exactly what it should be. Right, right, which should just release it's us all freedom. to not judge ourselves, Amen. to not be too hard on ourselves. Yeah, to trust that that's exactly what it needed to be. So Amen. Yeah, good. and so, Sean, you already mentioned great website, EncounteringPeace.org, and their version Bible plans. If you don't have the version Bible app, check it out. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then there's another great introduction, a book by Ruth Haley Barton that you've mentioned. Yes. An Invitation to sil- Solitude and Silence. Yes, Ruth Haley Barton, she is, um, some of her degree and and what she does is actually around this idea of solitude and silence. Um, I highly recommend that book. She's written a couple other books that uh, the names are escaping me, but uh, she, that book in particular has a fantastic uh, ending pieces to each chapter that walks you and guides you through solitude and silence it is incredibly freeing it's incredibly practical if you haven't if you don't know her or haven't read her books or anything i i say it's a must Mm. um easy to read anybody can read it unless you can't read if you're like five or six or something you might be able to find an audio book. you could probably do audio yeah that's, that's probably the if you're listening to this podcast you probably can listen to an audio yeah. book too. and and she and i know in several places she actually narrates her book in some of the mm, audio awesome. so it, it's it's very good and she her voice herself is very soothing Quali- as well and so it's you might very fall asleep yeah, I, yeah so actually that's where i went i went audio with it so it's awesome uh, very good book Well, there you have it. That's a little bit of an introduction to the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. Um, Questions we might leave you with is just, will you commit yourself to the discipline of silence and solitude? And if your answer to that is yes, then we want to point you back to step one. What is that sacred space and time? When will you do it? What does that look like this week or next week? When is that starting point? I want to encourage you to put it in your calendar because uh, if God doesn't make it into our calendar, sometimes something else takes that space. But yeah. you prioritize that, put that in there, and you can begin that spiritual journey. Yeah. As always, this is communal. So invite someone in, share this podcast episode with them, share the resource, invite them to do silence and solitude with you, and explore what doing that discipline in community is like. And then, Sean, we like yeah. rating and reviews, we, right? Yeah, we, please. We don't mind it. Man, if this oh, is a resource to you or beneficial, <laughs> we'd love a rating and review. It means the world to us. But thank you so much for listening. We pray that you experience God's presence in the silence and the stillness and that you invite someone else to your table this week.